right, welcome to a post-Easter spring break edition of the Pro Football Doc Sports Injury Central podcast. Happy to have a special guest here today since I'm actually on vacation with the kids right now. It's oh. their late spring break. I'm going to bring in a fun guest, someone who I've enjoyed getting to know somewhat over the years and always enjoyed watching and following for all this creative content. And hopefully he'll spice up this podcast from uh, that of a boring doctor. So welcome to the show, <laughs> Cousin Sal. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to learn what goes on in your spring break. Like, how do you how do you let loose with the kids? I mean, you don't have to tell me exactly uh, your room number or where you're staying, but what, what happens? <laughs> it's wild and crazy. Uh, oh. There's kid slides and big kid slot water slides and... Uh, you know, I have 10, 10, and now six, and uh, it's about playing a uh, uh, waiter to get drinks for them and pizzas and chicken tenders and, you know. Uh, yeah. But because I don't even realize this. Okay, I got up mm -hmm. at 6. I was down to the pool at 6.45 in the morning to try to I didn't to realize that. Some, I don't know how I would seats. be. Yeah. The pool oh, was at 7. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there was a line. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. That's the worst. Yeah, that's not good. You're saving beach chairs or, or what a pool chairs. You're ordering uh, chicken fingers and just praying to God that nobody gets injured because you're going to be the first one to be called. Not even just your family, anybody around the pool, right? Yeah, I try and go incognito. Um, uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I did run into a couple players yesterday here at the pool, uh, oh. you know, uh, Hall of Fame players. And we chat. But this is how. Okay. I guess I can tell the story. Go ahead, Not tell it. Deal. Let's hear it. So, uh, Lamar Jackson, and he's retiring. So that's it. Just let it out. No, that's your your style, big news. This was uh, <laughs> Antonio Gates with his family, and I didn't recognize he had shades on. Whatever he said, hello. We we chatted, and and then uh, my son, of course, who's ten, he just shrugged. Okay, that's Gates. You know, okay, mm -hmm. whatever. Um, and he had a little ten year old with him, another friend. And I said, oh, and this kid's a big football fan. So I said, name a really good tight end who played in the NFL. If he could, you know, Gates, I'll introduce him. He'll have fun, right? Mm -hmm. He goes, ah, this, this. And then my son spills the beans. He goes, Antonio Gates. And his friend goes, who? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. It's rough. It's so rough. Uh, just uh, age, age, age. Yeah. Age. We're all just That's a piece of say. meat, right? In the end, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> It doesn't Bad. matter. I was just trying to let him have some fun. No, that was nice of you. That's but, what you tried. But no, the wife's down at the pool, and and uh, I'm actually uh, my wife doesn't really watch the podcast, so hopefully mm -hmm. she won't watch this one. Yeah, yeah. But she yeah. was well, like, "Why, why are you doing this long. at noon? On you know, we'll be at the pool and the kids and whatever." And uh, I, a, I'm like, "Well, you know, cousin Sal's a busy guy. He's got about 17 <laughs> podcasts to do. This is when he could fit us in." But part B was like, I don't know. The sun's pretty hot at noon. I could, you know, mm -hmm. have a, you know, a little ice drink here and uh, right. sit in an air-conditioned room for an hour. We won't keep you an hour. And it's not the worst thing in the world in the middle of the day, especially since I was down to the pool since 6.45 in the morning. So You know what? If, if, if you need me as an alibi um, and you want to stay in the room for three hours, just say this cousin Sal, he's busy, but he's long-winded too. Boy, I couldn't get off and just uh, take a nap in the room. Okay, yeah, you'll be there for the Well, you know, tonight. what I might yeah. say is you're so busy, you put us out for – it was like a delayed right. flight. I mean, it was 20 minutes and there was another yes. 40 minutes and finally you came on an hour and a half late and I just had to wait for you. So right. if you don't mind being thrown under the bus that way, I might try that. That's how, whatever you want to do, Doc. And <laughs> the fact that she doesn't listen uh, makes it all better. So good. <laughs> well, she doesn't listen in general, but the podcast every now and again. No, just joking. Just yeah. joking. Just joking. I'll, I'll hear about that one if she listens. <laughs> kind of thing. So uh, lots to talk about here. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, you're the professional here. Uh, I can let you lead the way, but. You know, it seems like every time I run about you, one of the reasons I'm excited to have you on is every time I run into you, you and tell me you and Bill Simmons are jabbing about me. So let's start off by talking about Bill Simmons and turn the tables. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I what mean, what do you want to uh, know? You want to? Uh, oh, I don't know. Whatever it is, stories. I mean, yeah. this is another one. Uh, so yeah. the Sports Injury Central crew that we have, they're all younger guys, right? Right. 
when I show him the, the Bill Simmons original mention and hadn't even, I've never met Bill. I, I've never even spoken to him, but yeah. years ago he was talking about, and you were talking about him. He goes, Oh, this guy, he's kind of interesting. He, you know, does all this stuff. And, you know, you can say it better than I do. And it's kind of interesting. He said he started following and that it's amazing. He kind of gets the stuff right. I mean, he's kind of like, he used the word mm -hmm. he, Quincy, if you remember. You know, right. Quincy. He called you Quincy. Yeah. And, you know, he kind of, you know, you don't know how, but at the end, Jack Klugman knows who killed who or what happened. And I said that to my crew and they're like, you said that to your 10 year old. And he's like, who's Quincy, right? Yeah. yeah who's Quincy? Uh, no, no clue. Uh, I'm, I'm a lot closer to a sidekick, uh, Quincy sidekick, Sam, than to looking like Jack Klugman or Quincy. But, you know, <laughs> right. Well, myself let well. me just say this, and here's why you're so valuable beyond um, saving lives and stuff like that, which I don't really care about. But, you know, we try to get an edge because we're betting on all this stuff, right? And so we've had, I don't want to name names, but we've had general managers in years past say, our team's not showing up for game 82 in the NBA. And we've gotten, uh, we're almost always on the wrong end of it. They're not showing up. And then either the backups are way better than who was supposed to be in there or they actually do show up. And so if we can get an edge through a GM, hasn't happened yet, or a doctor or something else, we're going to put it out there. And that's how Simmons built his $300 million fortune. No, that's not how he did it. But um, but it, it certainly helps from week to week when these lines are so tight and you just want a, even a half a point or a quarter point. And I know you realize the value in that, right, coming up. And um, who's going to play? How, how long does this... You know, I think long term, what you provide is maybe even more important than short term, because as soon as you can diagnose a player after seeing a replay or whatever, uh, shortly thereafter, we'll learn if he's going to stay in the game or she's going to stay in the game. But the long term, if you could say, um, hey, uh, looks like Josh Allen's, they say it's a, a three week injury, but this is really a nine week injury or something like that, then you could start screwing with the over-unders then you could start screwing with the to win a division like if a guy an important cog is going to be out half a year versus what they say you know two or three weeks or the other way around that's where your value is in case you didn't know where your value was well that's good to know you know we stumbled onto something this year like i always knew that uh, look when i started doing this randomly and and, mm -hmm. and Schefter and Rappaport They've been very kind to me, both of them, nothing negative. Mm -hmm. But back in when I started doing this on Twitter and randomly just sort of fell into this, they didn't get into in-game injury information. Now you'll see them on occasion in-game getting information mm -hmm. and tweeting it. Now we get it first because we get it by video and uh, they right. have to get it through agents and other sources, et cetera. And obviously they're reporting when never doubt they're reporting. They're great reporters. We're mm -hmm. just analyzing from afar. So a team, for example, this week, uh, O'Neill Cruz yesterday, you know, right. fractured dislocation ankle. We said season is more likely a thing. The Pirates have now admitted ankle fracture and said surgery. A reporter said, you know, it looks like 60 days and maybe more. Sure, he's going to hit the 60 day or two months. Of, he's going to mm -hmm. hit the 60 day IL. But we think it's really closer to season. And the Pirates have said, expecting you know to return in four months maybe as a limited pinch hitter or a dh not at shortstop and so mm -hmm. we just do analysis from what we see and in game potentially is the hugest advantage but the other thing that we saw this last season is i don't remember the record and the producer and <laughs> editor jacob can chime in but our futures picks for football were really pretty good like really? going into last year we were fading the Packers win total because we didn't believe Bakhtiari was ready nor their right tackle. When your bookend tackles are out, that's a problem in the NFL. Mm -hmm. We said take Vikings plus 240 to win the division over on Vikings, under on Packers. You know, uh, you know, uh, at the beginning of last season, we said Michael Thomas is more – when he first got injured, Michael Thomas was a top three receiver in the league. We said he's more likely to be the third best receiver on his team than a top three in the league. And obviously he got another injury and hopefully he can come back. So, uh, you know, uh, another easy one was the Ravens running back. You know, we're like, mm -hmm. there's no way. Now he made a nice late season comeback, 
but that was an under easily. So some of those futures props when they're uh, based on injuries, but look, what I'm not a gambling guy. You are, I just try and get information, injury information. But Here's the things, but you're good. You're good with math, right? And you're good with analyzing injuries. And so, you know, I don't pretend to be a, uh, a, you know, I wonder when it comes to gambling, but when you, when you, I see the season projections for players and it is almost always based on their average, like let's take running backs. It's almost always based on their average yards per game times 17. They are not, they are not taking into account injury factors at all. And I think a lot of it is because people just by human nature want to bet over. They see Derrick Henry over 1,650 and a half yards. They do the math like, okay, I'm going to go over on that. But I'm telling you, I've had a, a world of success betting the unders. And I know it sucks. It's like betting no no pass line on craps and things like that. But, you know, this year they didn't have all 32 starting running backs available. I think there were 28. And I went 19 and 9 with the unders. And by week 10, I had half of them in already because you got guys missing two or three games. Like you could just pencil and check them off. This one's missing. This one's not going to get the over. And then all I have to do is go 500 for the rest of them, you know, 50, 50. And I'm, I'm a winner. And I, I know it. it's not fun rooting for injuries, but what is, is like you could bet over or you could bet under. And it, it seems good. Have you looked into this at all? And this is any well, sport. You know, our, our staff has looked into some of that and you're right about that. There's no question that the overs are the, more fun routes, right? The unders right. are not fun, but yeah, injuries are a reality. The platooning running backs are a reality, but but here it's not. We look at it. What we do at our site is completely qualitative, not quantitative. For you, quantitatively, mm -hmm. if you took all the unders statistically, you could probably be ahead. I agree with that. But we were very strong on taking Saquon Barkley over this year, coming into the year. Mm -hmm. Because everyone was so down on him last year. We were on the unders last year, but now this is his mm -hmm. second year back from the ACL week, and he hit that very early in the year over. So right. I like your approach when there's no information, right? Why not? Um, but when there is information, go and take that, and your numbers will be uh, probably even better. And uh, since you're being very complimentary, I, I got a question for you. How do you know I'm good at math? Well, how, what makes you say I'm good at math? <laughs> Uh, your wife told me at the pool. No, I don't know. No, I, I, have heard because I, I'll answer for you, cousin Sal, because I'm pretty good with yeah. an abacus. No, just kidding. is that what it is? Okay, yes. I, uh, <laughs> no, you're you're analytic in your thinking. I've heard you before, and we've, we've talked about stuff like this, and that's how I know. But let me ask you this: as far as math goes, so if an O'Neill Cruz uh, is said to be out four months, and you predict it's going to be closer to seven or eight, are you upset when he comes back in four months? Does that piss you off? You could be honest. Piss me off? No. Uh, look, first of all, it's okay. I like talking. People think you like talking about when you're right, when you're right. I think it's mm -hmm. very educational for me to hear when you're wrong. Okay. And to yeah. admit when you're wrong. You, you, look, you, you can't be 100%. This is just video, right? And we've been 95% right. accurate when there's clear video. I'll give you an example where I was clearly wrong. But we stick to mm -hmm. our guns. Last year at the start of this year for baseball, we were high on Ronald Acuna Jr., second year back after his ACL. Last year we said he's very iffy and he's not going to be mm -hmm. in the field. I mean, he's just going to DH. Well, the first right. game of the year he played in the field. And, I, mm -hmm. and my staff is looking at me like, oh, you're wrong here. I go, okay, let's admit that we're wrong here. And then it comes out, it was because of injuries on the Braves, a midnight phone mm -hmm. call. Can you make it in the field? Okay, we'll try it. He played one or two games in the field and DH basically the rest of the season because his knee wasn't really ready. So there are times yeah. that we're, even when we're wrong, we're potentially on it because there's a lot of different factors that come into play. I'll give yeah. you another example that I, I got a lot of crap for, a lot of crap for. A couple mm -hmm. years ago, when the Rams were playing the Seahawks in the playoffs and Jared Goff had his thumb issue, I said, book it. Jared Goff is the starter. Very firmly, book it. And about right. 90 minutes before the game, Jay Glazer goes, it's John Wolford. Goff's not starting. Yeah. And I'm like, what? And everyone's, ah, you're wrong, you're wrong. And, and I talked about on the podcast, look, sometimes you're wrong, we're wrong. But then on the podcast on Monday – I actually, we actually doubled down, and here's why. No NFL team 
goes into any game, much less the playoffs, with one and a half quarterbacks. They did not activate Blake Bortles for that game, the Rams, which told me Jared Goff was 100%. Because if he wasn't 100%, and that's why Wolford was starting, you would have had to find a way to activate Blake Bortles. In case, because you and can't Wolford have got a United United situation game, right? against the Eagles with no quarterbacks. You just sure. can't do and that. Didn't, didn't they and so when he wasn't activated. That, that told me Goff was healthy. And that yeah, offseason, right. I did a podcast with Lonnie Paxton, who's an investor with Sports mm-hmm. Injury Central, and he knows Jimmy G. And Jimmy G, of course, with the Trey Lance, you know, hiding behind health in the trade. I said, you know, I think it's happened with Jared Goff, too. Like, he's obviously, to me, either – Jared Goff is here, and John Wolford is thought of as here, as here, close to him. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. John Wolford is here, and they think of Jared Goff as this. The difference wasn't that much, where because he didn't right. get practice, they played the other guy, and sure enough, he got traded that off season. Mm-hmm. So to yeah. me, it's fun to play Quincy and detective on this stuff, well, and you of course can't be always right. Do you think it'll ever get to a point with the billions of dollars that sunk into uh, gambling and, um, and you know, fantasy and everything you think, and there's still some guys who are game time decisions, right? And now I think in the last couple of years, they've done a better job of releasing the interview well in advance of uh, kickoff, but um, should the league have the responsibility, should the individual teams have the responsibility of getting that information to us, even before 10 i mean how close to the to the wire down to the wire can they make it really well you know it's it's interesting the nfl tries right and and we'll probably Mm -hmm. get to the nba with load management and sudden people people that are out and what drives people crazy but one of the things isn't as simple as in or out it's okay they're playing but how many touches and what's their role and how effective more decoy mm-hmm. or more 100 percent you know what's going right. on during the nfl season this year we loved it when a player but play we knew they were injured because usually the the under props hit pretty darn well you know throughout mm-hmm. uh, the season doing that because yeah. just because a guy is playing doesn't mean he's getting the targets or touches that's true that we'll never happening. know so, right we'll never know the plan so and so i think there's still a lot of uh, gray area here and look all we do is injury analysis the other area that i think we will still own is as in-game wagering gets more and more popular we're oh, yeah. probably the first source i mean look uh this year patrick Mahomes with his high ankle when he first went out we're like, don't worry, he's right. coming back into the game, right? I mean, there's it was quite a sweet – well, he stayed in the game, then left, and then didn't come back, and then did come back. And mm-hmm. You and I talked at the Super Bowl how we thought that Patrick Mahomes' ankle was going to be fine. And obviously Jalen Hurts' shoulder was fine, right? Jalen Hurts, right. absent one fumble in the final score, he's the MVP. Jalen Hurts had a – Crazy of a MVP numbers, for sure. Yeah, crazy sure. numbers. And, and – and obviously Patrick Mahomes was effective throughout the playoffs because we talked about it because of his off-platform throws. And once again, I get it. High ankles, oh, that's usually four weeks, six weeks. But you got to look at the type of player that they are in terms of the mm-hmm. off-axis throws that he makes. He's not a plant the back foot and drive the ball guy. Now, even right. with that, we did also play some games of under longest completion like in the AFC championship game against Joe Burrow, because that was his first week back after the high ankle. We said, he's Mm -hmm. not going to be able to plant and drive the ball down the field. And he doesn't have Tyree kill with all the yak anymore. It's going to be, and I think the the longest completion was, I don't know, 37, 38 yards or something. I don't think his longest Mm -hmm. completion was longer than 20 in that AFC championship. Yep. Because we knew he couldn't drive the ball down the field, uh, et cetera. So, uh, you know, there's some sometimes hidden advantages to be found. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. All right, now let's get to these NBA players because it, it drives me nuts. Uh, yeah. Drives me nuts. Well, before you get to NBA players, oh, yeah. yesterday yeah. was Easter. What was the deal with teammates fighting teammates and punching walls and all this anger? Man? Right. What, what was going on there? That was, that was the O'Neal crazy. Cruz thing got that ugly. Yeah, I know. I don't know. There's, I guess uh, Catholicism, I'm not sure. I thought it was thriving, but uh, not in the NBA. Yeah, that was interesting with Gobert because uh, it was a taste. 
Jashawn Prince, who was it that shoved him back? Like that was a shove that made you think like, yeah, this guy's looking to fight uh, Rudy Gobert. And uh, it's just really dumb, really dumb timing because now he's, I don't know if you saw, he's suspended for the Lakers game in the, uh, in the seven, eight game. So that's uh, going to be interesting, but yeah, he might be the worst teammate out of anybody. You could say the Draymond greens or anybody else, but I think Gobert between spreading the COVID on the microphones and uh, throwing uh, half-ass jabs uh, might be right there at the top of the list. Yeah, but 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 I also see how I think it was Woj tweeted out that the other pl- confirming a report that the other player called him uh, the B I T C H a couple times. Right, and got him mad, right, right. And, and he was only punched in the chest, not in the face. So they had to suspend mm-hmm. him, but it wasn't that bad. It's interesting the spin that, that comes out, but that's a team that you know exactly. had two of their major players injured just coming back early, and now they're hamstrung again with uh, with this, right. uh, with his injuries. So, uh, what are your thoughts on the NBA uh, playoffs going into the playoffs? What, what what are your headlines or thoughts? Well, the West is tough, and you know I, I do think maybe the Warriors played this played this load management perfectly they got their guys back and you know they're they're uh a minus 260 favorite over the kings that's my big bet and i'm gonna take it game by game so they're going to sacramento sacramento's home for that series and it's like a toss-up it's like i think sacramento's a one-point favorite in game one and we'll be about the same in game two until they ship the over to uh oakland but I, I do think with pool and, and the injuries and they, they just played it right. And that team terrifies me um, going in. So that's who I would go. I like golden state in that first round as far as matchups go. And uh, I don't know this, this play in it's good. It's bad. I don't know what the proper punishment is for Mark Cuban, but the fact that he sits his guys, but then Luca decides to play one quarter anyway, and uh, goes over his projected total of 11 and a half points. There's so much to be said about this Dallas thing, but, there's so much tanking, so I don't know if it begins and ends with Mark Cuban. I'm not sure what the answer is. Well, at least in theory, with the playoffs, load management is over, right? Um, mm-hmm. The routine load management. And look, if you're a yeah. Warriors fan and you're and you may have been upset that you didn't get to see Steph Curry play when you had tickets, right. are you happy now that they've managed it properly for the playoffs? It's a Wiggins is going to be a factor. A healthy Wiggins is as good as anybody out there, honestly. The playoff. Right? I don't know if you saw this. Um, I love how obviously fans, you know, they read so much into Twitter. I saw a report that their GM, Howie Roseman, in an mm-hmm. interview said going four and 12 or whatever that, that year actually helped them because it gave them a higher draft pick in every round and it helped them retool and come back more quickly than perhaps winning yeah. eight games that year. And I said, well, that's an interesting thing in the NFL. I guess there's a potential advantage if someone wanted to tank, you know, beyond just the very very top of the draft. Everyone talks about Houston winning that game and losing the first pick to Chicago and Lovey Smith's Mm -hmm. farewell present on the way out the door, blah, blah, blah. But even at other levels, and I just said, you know, that's an interesting thought. And and you know, Eagles fans. Oh, so you're accusing the, the Eagles and Roseman of tanking? I'm like, no, I'm just saying that you could see here's a GM talking about a few draft positions being important throughout the draft. You know, the the, the you can see how tanking could be tempting, not saying that they did right. it kind of thing. And so that's right. an interesting, uh interesting setup. But I want to say one thing about load management. I think you have to be fair about both sides of it. I think I've got this theory, Sal, that you don't have to be the faster than the bear. You just have to be faster than the guy next to you, right? And when it comes to load management, the NBA Mm -hmm. is the slowest runner in the room. When it came to steroids, it was baseball. When it came to uh, perform, you know, uh, 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 when, when it came to concussions, it was the NFL the slowest runner, Mm -hmm. so to speak. But all sports load manage. The NFL load manages. How do they load manage? First of all, if a guy's playing, he may be only third down at red zone targets, right? I mean, limited reps, limited things. Load management is in practice all the time for the players because they don't play all week. It's a lot of rest time. And there's a lot of platooning that happens in the NFL. And 
you know, in the NBA, it's 82 games. I liked it better when it was 16. The math was easier. Now it's 17 NFL games. But it's still about yeah. five NBA games to one NFL game. So it's like if you rust the second quarter, that was load management for an entire game. But you still got to see the player for the ticket, so it doesn't right. get noticed. Yeah. I think yeah, you you notice it if it was a star player and if it was a quarterback in particular. Um, Aaron Rodgers, in a bid to uh, secure a playoff spot, is never sitting game 17, um, you know, as uh, Luka and the Mavs did. Uh, if Aaron Rodgers is up against Josh Allen for MVP – He's not sitting week uh, 17 or 18 as MB did again. You know, I, 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 you're right. Sure. During practice and everything else, but the ticket buyer, I don't think suffers as much as they do with the no, NBA. No question, but but so, we have plenty of examples. I get quarterbacks. It doesn't happen because, but mm -hmm. certainly like uh, there's been lots of times where the running back has been load managed. The wide receiver has yeah. been load managed in terms of fantasy mm -hmm. and whatever, but because they still played, you don't get the the fans got shortchanged angle, so to speak. And that's why I say the NBA. All I'm saying is I'm not supporting that the NBA is doing mm -hmm. it correctly or incorrectly, but I'm just saying, saying everyone does it. Everyone yeah. does it. They just do it differently. But in the load management argument, the NBA is the slowest runner in the room. And so it gets yeah. the most targeted. Look at look at baseball. We're in baseball season. Load management. Are there any pitchers that go to 200 innings anymore? Last year, Clayton Kershaw had a perfect game, and he got pulled. I mean, all all the time, lefty, righty, sits, rotation. Like, six-man rotations are not unusual. Look, when I grew up, it was a four-man rotation. And yeah. uh, the, the closer well, baseball catches, the they and catch nine. crap for that. Yeah, What's people that? hate that, too, though. People people yeah. hate that, too, with baseball. It's it's absurd. It's, uh, yeah, I hate it too, but I just think somehow yeah. NBA has become the poster child of load management. No, you're right. I, and, and listen, this is similar to my um, critique when people go nuts about bad officiating in the NFL. And, uh, and, and I'm like, you know what? This is going to be unpopular, but I think uh, officiating is hard. You have these, these athletes who are stronger, faster, jump high. We could see a replay three times and not see that the nose of the ball touched the ground. But these guys running around uh, in the split moment should be able to decide a and B officials are bad in every sport. They get things wrong all the time. We're going to see an NBA playoffs. We're going to see many games decided in the last few seconds. I think officiating is either. Here's the deal. Either officiating is hard and we don't want to admit it, or this is the biggest practical joke on all sports fans across the board that they're just bad and they blow every game. So I think you have to pick a side there. I and mean, I think it's similar to your thing about, well, let's not, uh, poke fun at one sport when it's going on everywhere. No question. No question. All right. So masters golf. Uh, do you really think the screw was poking through Tiger Woods skin? Did, I don't did people know. Buy that? I, I, is that what they said? I, I, I was, um, you know, that's what Jason point, Day said. Yeah. I wish that tree would have fallen on me before I put in my Saturday and Sunday bets for the Masters because I don't think I won one of them. But and you know, Tiger, you know, of course I look through look at everything through the lens of gambling, and I like to short Tiger Woods, um, not like eight hundred thousand to win twenty thousand against him, but uh, you really couldn't make money going against him because he he made the cut but then went over in the third round. Did you see the the screw poking through? I didn't see it. Well, you know, I, I don't know. For, for quite a while now, people have called us tiger haters. No, tiger realists. Mm. This guy's not winning another major. We said that a year, a year yeah. and a half ago. The game's too yep. hard. Augusta's too hilly. Yes, he did really well the first two rounds last year, but then was seven over, seven over the next two days last mm -hmm. year. It's very difficult. These guys are too good. Like he's still a great golfer. Oh my gosh, right? But and it's when he's he talking win? about walking the course, walking the course becomes the issue. Like it's like, yeah, that can't be. That's but even in a golf cart to, to get to drive and turn. And let's not forget he's got the spine fusion. So over a year and a half ago, right. we said Jack Jack Nicholas's major record is safe, and we stand by that. Mm -hmm. But maybe we should write the article and do the video. There is no way there was a screw poking through Tiger Woods' ankle. First of all, no. when a screw backs out. It's the round, smooth end that backs out. Could it have been mm -hmm. rubbing on his shoe and sock? Sure. But if it 
it doesn't all of a sudden poke through. There's nothing sharp there. And if it did, yeah. that's a medical pseudo emergency because of infection. Take out the screw and close the wound. Look, was something rubbing? Sure. Does he have arthritis? Sure. Was he limping up a storm? Well, we all saw that. But this hyperbole of a screw was poking through. Uh, I don't know. It's just, uh, it, and, and Tiger just, didn't say it. It was Jason Day. Yeah. So, um, I'm shocked that there's a story, a headline about Tiger and a screw, and it doesn't involve a Hooters in Fort Lauderdale. I'm out. That's it. I'm not going to do worse or better. Than well, that. there you go. Well, that's a pretty good, you know, you know what? I promise you, you know, 15, 20 minutes already over that. We'll we'll do the drum roll sound effect. I don't do it. And, and what else <laughs> do you want to Beautiful. chat about before we say goodbye here? Because I want to respect your time. Uh, that's it. You know, extrapoints.com. Uh, we have a lot of contests up there, a lot of uh, sports gambling content. And uh, yeah, I'll be back with Simmons in the fall. And uh, yeah, good times. It's always uh, great talking to you. And now you could watch the, the children eat chicken fingers. <laughs> well, hopefully when I go back down, they'll be on the slides and I just can't find them. And I'll have a little piece. Right. Of that might there be a, another side strategy for no, the kids are great. <laughs> I, I have fun uh, with it. Thanks for coming on and feeding us into your schedule. This is the 18th podcast of the week for you, I'm sure. And I yeah. appreciate two extra points listening to your stuff. I love your stuff. And and I love, we should chat again and pick your brain on your, because you have some unique angles rather than just the, the simple stuff. Um, yes, I didn't demonstrate that in the last uh, 30 minutes, but I do have some uh, unique angles somewhere in here. <laughs> Screws hanging out and everything. Thanks so much, Doc. I appreciate well, it. Well, what are the odds that you put my wife will hear this podcast and I will get in trouble? <laughs> I think you're okay. I'll put it okay. at 35 to 1 right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, sounds good. All right. Thank you, Cousin Sal. We'll take a quick break and then we'll be back for the rest of the Pro Football Doc Sports Injury Central podcast. All right. Let's continue with part two. Thanks to Cousin Sal. Now we've got Jacob and uh, Taylor in here. Um, Cousin Sal's fun, right? He's cool. Very boring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, didn't, uh, he, he didn't bite at my abacus thing, though. He he knew he was waiting in a minefield there, so he uh, he handled that expertly. He did really did. He worked the eggshell very well there. Hey, yeah, people I, do assume people do assume I'm good at math. He could have gone the doctor angle. Well, you had to be good at math to be a doctor. Right. Anyway, uh, I've spoken to you before. I, yeah, I'm just having fun. It's okay. That was a safe safe move. It's it was a, uh, it was a safe move. Yeah. Yes. I, had a, I had a couple of notes. You mentioned the futures in that. Uh, we went 11 and 6 on futures last season. Uh, five of the six misses were overs. So uh, I know uh, Taylor left his Ah, <laughs> see? That was interesting. Yeah. yeah. Cousin Sal's on the unders too. I've been telling right. you, you can't just not. Yeah. We, we got to compare notes with Cousin Sal before next football season. So we'll, we'll write that one down. And then uh, you mentioned the the game with Goff and Wolford. Uh, Wolford did get hurt in that game. Goff is came that, in was nine that, of nineteen, and Goff played the next play playoff game when they lost the Packers. So, yeah, there's no the question. Was, but my point is, move. yeah. And they talked about it afterwards. He didn't play because he didn't practice all week. Right. He was able, to, but he was a hundred percent healthy. Right. If Tom Brady, and I'm not saying Goff is Tom Brady. If, if Matthew Stafford doesn't practice all week, he starts. If Tom Brady doesn't practice, he starts. Aaron Rodgers starts. Jalen Hurts, he starts. Any number of these people, they start. The fact that if you don't practice all week and you don't start and you yield the way to John Wolford, that's what I'm saying. That either means they think of John Wolford up here and Goff nearby, or they think of Goff here and John Wolf. Wolford nearby. That's the only point. It just meant that, and it was proven because he came in and played. The the Rams had no doubt that Goff was healthy. Otherwise, they would had to have activated Blake Bortles. The practice stuff is BS for Goff, I think, too. I think Goff doesn't need practice back in that time, too. I think it was already predetermined that they didn't like Wolford, yeah. right? I think he could have played. No, I think I think what that was is they had for whatever reason soured on Goff. Right, and they thought if we get a good week of practice with Wolford, we can go that way and win, and let's right. see where we are. I think it just indicates the team soured on Goff. That's all. Yeah, 
Yeah. And that happens. And just like we said, the team soured on Jimmy G because of hiding behind health with his high ankle and different things. And that was proven by trading three first rounders to go get whoever who turned out to be Trey Lance. Right. Right. You know, I mean, it, they soured on him as well, for whatever reason, good, bad, right. or indifferent. Well, sticking in the NFL, then uh, Odell Beckham, friend of the podcast, uh, joining the Ravens on the one year, 18 million, 15 million. I think guaranteed. we missed our window, guys. Yeah. yeah he said he'd come on the before. podcast, but now he's with the team. Now he needs team permission, and now he probably can't too late. <laughs> you have best friend pen pal uh, privileges, right? That's got to count for a little. <laughs> I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> we can quote unnamed sources about the Ravens. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I should I should uh, text him and say congrats. You still open for coming on the podcast? It, it it'll be a no because he's. Him and Lamar had a, a bottle opening uh, celebration last night. I would text and wonder where your invite was because I think we should have been <laughs> immediately from the start. But I think Od- we think Odell's going to have a good year. We do. We do. I mean, yeah. okay, who's going to throw in the ball? What kind of scheme? That we don't know. But, I mean, health-wise, we think he's going to have a good year. Because by the time he plays, it, it's 18 months since the since the second ACL. Uh, well, yeah, yes. age, yeah, this, yeah, that. But yeah. that's one we'll have to keep an eye on. Hopefully the numbers come in super low on his futures. Um, yeah, do you think Lamar Jackson is throwing to him? They said he was actively involved in getting with him. Does that signify a good stance for him going forward with the Ravens, or is that just him just trying to get people to go to the Ravens? Because that would make sense for me that it's a good good step forward, right? Because he's in, actively involved in trying to get players on the team. Well, I think the contract's the contract. and But I do think the strongest argument is – how does he, if OBJ is his friend and Odell Beckham sign there, it's a tougher sell. It's not going to, I don't think Odell is going to begrudge Lamar in terms of what, what he wants for the contract. You're his friend. You want him to get the contract. But if there is no contract, there is no offer, and he's playing on this $32 million tag, there's been rumor and talk about he could just sit out. Now, that's a hard one. Don't yeah. take your 32 and sit out. Right. And your friend is now on the team saying, come on, I signed. Let's go do something. That's what I'm right? thinking. Yeah. yeah. To just sit out. I think it decreased. It doesn't solve the, the dispute. No, I don't. Yeah. But the likelihood of sitting out, I think, has to go down, you would think. Right. I mean. And what if he get randomly like traded to like maybe the Titans or the Colts or something? Is that out of his control? Would Beckham be mad at him if that happened? Or would no. he think he was? Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. No, Beckham wouldn't be mad at him. I mean, okay. He's been around. I mean, yeah. and 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 here's the other thing. I think he's a good player. Obviously, I think he'll do well. He got a pretty healthy contract for one year. He did, yeah. And it, does, does he want to win? I believe OBJ wants to win, but he does have a Super Bowl ring. So I, I texted Taylor about this. I had I had a list of uh, going off average salary guys currently signed, but Odell's uh, going to make more than these guys if he gets the full money. Christian Kirk, Tyler Lockett. Mike Evans, Hunter Renfro, Allen Robinson, Cortland Sutton. Sorry, those guys are just above him in salary. So they get 18 or more. Oh, those are just above him. Those are just above oh. him, yeah. I had, I had the separate list I texted Taylor. <laughs> yeah, I got it here. Um, So he has Corey Davis, Curtis Samuel, Michael Gallup, and Alizard of people based on salary that he's right above. That are and just under. Thinking, yeah, just under, OBJ, yes, yeah. I would well, maybe agree. I don't know salary cap well enough because yeah. <laughs> if you give me those lists of players and you'd say, where do you slot in Odell's performance next year? It might be just below the first list and right. just above the second <laughs> yeah. list. So maybe he's getting what he deserves. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's kind of funny because that's that was the big talk. Is like he said he expected fifteen to twenty, and everyone's like, oh, oh what the hell? That's so much money for him <laughs> for a guy coming off two ACLs. But if Performance-wise, if everything goes right. Health-wise, I'm not worried. I, you know, if that's like where that. he slots, pay the man. I mean, all right, you heard me, yeah. Odell. Pay the man. So now you can come on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> now he's the real friend of the pod. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, what else we got? Well, find a bit of NFL news, and then we can move on to other stuff. Uh, Kyler Murray is uh, squatting, so that means he's 100% week one, right, Doc? That's perfect. He's ready to go, Doc. That's what you're saying? <laughs> Look, I'm not hating on Kyler Murray. He's just so dynamic. Okay, I'm yeah. not saying, oh, like Philip Rivers doesn't move. Yeah, he came back real quick, did real well, but it's not the same kind of guy. 
right. uh, coming off his ACL. Kyler Murray squatting. All I'm saying is this. It shows he's working hard. It shows he's doing well. But that's what you would expect an NFL athlete to do 13 weeks. Squats, lunges, leg press. And yeah, he had a good amount of weight on. Okay. So on a static type exercise, he's doing well so far. Good for him. It doesn't mean, it doesn't change a thing about what we've said for week one slash the season, et cetera. I suppose it shows some reasonable progress on his meniscus. I mean, I don't think we're changing. Look, I hope everyone takes the cheese off of that and he has sky high futures props. So I want to ask a question, but I'm getting this red light saying it's a a dumb question. That usually means I shouldn't ask it, but I'm going to ask you. um, So where, if he was ahead of his like curve of where he's supposed to be at, what would he be doing right now in the recovery process? Well, if he were ahead and doing dynamic things, uh, his his medical staff would be getting criticized for allowing him to do too much. So it's, you know, it's, you know, we've talked about it before. After the surgery, surgery was a success. After the draft, the draft was a success. And when you're in training camp, we really like, like our draft class and our chances this year that's all you're saying he's doing fine you're not going to get a report that he's not doing well uh kind of thing okay if you get a report that he's not doing well where is that coming from is his agent going to put that out never is he going to put that out never is the team going to put that out is the is the is the private trainer he's working with going to put that out no it's always my guy's the best rehab in this Mm -hmm. where's the negative information going to come from a friend of his they're not going to say, I mean, you're not yeah. going to get any negative information is my point. Right. Uh, everything's yeah. going to be rosy and positive. If you look at all the examples of guys coming back from ACL, it's all been rosy, positive, rosy, positive, and, and then what? Going all the way back to, let's say, quarterbacks like Carson Wentz. Oh, he's doing great. He's going to be ready. He's going to be ready. No, he's not going to be ready. He came back after a couple games of the season and had a comp- compensation injury on his back. He wasn't really ready. Um you know, no matter what you say, there's a lot of people who work hard, but it's still biology. It's hard to speed up biology. Right. And you're not saying he can't be a pocket passer, drop back, sit there and make a throw. It's just he can't get outside the pocket and be dynamic Kyler Murray. So, right. And that's too much to expect. Do you want, does Kyler want to put himself in that position? Does the team want to put Kyler in that position? Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. No, that's a lot. Big part of his mental game too. Uh, mm-hmm. Switch gears, to NBA. Uh, Paul George now confirmed to miss the first round. That fits our analysis uh, from late March. Uh, looking at his his video, I think a lot of people can do a side by side with him and Giannis. Why was he not Giannis and able to to come back right away? Look, we were wrong on Giannis. I thought Giannis would miss the same amount of time that Paul George is missing. Yet he came back. What we missed is that this wasn't the first time for Giannis. Right. He, it's like that ankle. It's like when Steph Curry turns his ankle sideways, he comes back more quickly than the first time because the first time guy tore ligaments. Steph's ligaments are already stretched, and he's been playing with it in compensation. Giannis's PCL and poster capsule had been stretched, so there was no new damage. That's why he was able to come back. And when when we issued that, we don't think he's coming back, and we were wrong, we didn't know that. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. And that's where it pays to know the injury history. And that's our bad. But Paul George, with it being a fresh injury, like I said, the Clippers got to go a little bit into the playoffs. We won't say he – we said we knew his season slash regular season was done. Playoffs, it depends on how deep the Clippers can go. The deeper the Clippers go, the more of a chance he has. Um, if they get to the finals, I think he comes back. But right. that's a few series away. Right. Yeah, I think it was March 26th, and finals would be sometime early June, I believe, is when that happens. Mm-hmm. Late May, early June. So, mm-hmm. uh, Baseball, we got an article up on, on Musgrove and a couple other pitchers, and when they're projected to come back, Verlander, Justin McKenzie, Kind of dealing with the same thing. Um, well, so you can check that on the website. Yeah, and and you know my my wife said this. What's up with the Padres? Why didn't I get? I thought they're all in. Why aren't they getting more pitching? 
I'm like, because of the early season, you know, just as expected early season pitching. And you know, my response, they are. They're getting Musgrove and Otani. <laughs> Not Otani, Musgrove and, and uh, New Darvish. Darvish speed, yeah. Right? I mean, are you going to find better than that? And who are you going to get? That You know, you're, you just got to weather the storm. You're going to get Musgrove and you're going to get you Darvish back very right. quickly here. I think, like, when I saw Musgrove down at I must say Darvish, is, Darvish is pitching today, by the way. So quickly. Oh, okay. There, say he's good. back. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but Musgrove looked healthy. You just got to get into it, right? And uh, uh, the, well, the one the guy. He, we wrote about he had a little shoulder issue He um, in his last rehab start. That might push his return date down a couple They said yeah, they're going to push him back a day or two. It's just, just yeah, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Look, look uh, you know, uh, I saw him throw six straight inside low fastballs in a row in a yeah. – spring training triple a type game clearly he was working on stuff and that pitch, and yes, yes you know one of the guys in the previous batters hit a home run on him but by the fifth time he threw that same pitch i think that guy knew what was coming because right? <laughs> he knows he's just working on some things and he clobbered it i forget the guy uh if he throw davis the same pitch five times he's gonna hit a home run yeah well, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you, you just well, I don't know about Davis, but thank you for that. But I I don't know about that. Um, yeah, but I mean, if you talk about acclimation, look at Zion. Okay, yeah. we never really bought where took the cheese that he's going to return. But Shams is now saying his hamstring is healthy, but his body isn't ready for the NBA. Ugh. Acclimation, you can't just, yeah. you know. What these guys do isn't that easy. You can't just say, oh, Musgrove's healthy. Now he's pitching. No, no, no. You got to ramp him up. That's why they're – when I saw him the last basically day of spring training, he was starting his spring training. He needs a few weeks. Right. That's all. And and Zion, obviously, now it's he's out and uh, et cetera. Yeah, we'll be tracking uh, Wiggins' return to play too. He missed 20-something games and then just got back with the team on Tuesday, last Tuesday. So – He'll be need a little ramp up before rejoining that that King series, but uh-huh. they don't get underway until Saturday or something. So uh-huh. well, that's we'll get you on that. it just says conditioning, conditioning, conditioning. That's why he's missing. He's not missing because yeah. of the issue anymore. Yeah. Uh, one I'm worried about in baseball. He's on my uh, six score fantasy team. Uh, Adam Duvall, center fielder for the the Red Sox, kind of made that little diving play. Uh, one we forgot to tell you earlier, Doc, is he had surgery on that left wrist last season, ended his season last season. Hmm. They it was just torn, today. They said torn sheath last year was a surgery. I remember you kind of raised an eyebrow. <laughs> that, just did it again. Yeah. <laughs> torn sheath. Sheath <laughs> of what? I mean, yeah. uh, look, he's got to survive a, a, a scaphoid fracture here. Hopefully it's a wrist sprain and hopefully it's just 10 day IL. Hopefully, but to be determined. I mean, you couldn't tell when his glove got bent back how much was the glove and how much was the wrist, right? right. Uh, where was the wrist underneath? But yeah, uh, power hand in terms of right hand bat or left hand. Superpower. Superpower. <laughs> um, yeah, that's yeah. You might be, you're searching the waiver wire there. <laughs> Not what I want to hear. But you can uh, you can delay us on that insights, and we'll have a, an article up on Duval too. Uh, when you're on top of uh, switching to women's soccer, is Mallory Swanson uh, playing an you know, international Pugh. warm-up game. Mallory Pugh, now Mallory Swanson. <laughs> She's uh, married to a baseball player, Dansby Swanson, from the Cubs starting shortstop. Yeah. See, there's, there's the link. I knew Taylor would have the, uh, the smooth transition for me. Uh, she was announced as Tori Batella attending. Uh, you saw by video, Doc, when she kind of stopped short of the tackle. Yeah, it wasn't the it wasn't the 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 collision. She was trying to avoid the collision. Yes. Eccentric load popped her patella tendon. Grotesque looking. You know, we don't want to be right on those, but clearly she's done for the World Cup. She's done for next nine, twelve months, uh, et cetera. You, you know, know is it go on. is it me? But I mean, maybe I'm just hearing. So Mallory Swanson, married yes. to an MLB player, you mm-hmm. have. Zach Ertz married to 
Julia Ertz. Yep, soccer player. Yep. Yeah, soccer player. Oh, I know the names. Uh, yeah, I mean, right? Uh, and uh, and uh, and uh, what's his name? Ninety nine. Oh, JJ Watt. Yes, JJ Watt married, married yeah. to a soccer player. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot of uh, soccer players are marrying athletes, or athletes marrying soccer players. I don't know whichever way you want to call it. Uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, crossover. A lot of crossover there. Yeah. So the All World right. Cup, what else we got here? World Cups in Australia, Doc. So we have to make sure to tell Doug. But the big thing, um, it's from July twentieth to um August twentieth. She has no possible way of coming back at even at the end if they make World zero. Cup final because she they do do that usa women okay. zero no possible way yeah, all right let me take it back she definitely can be back for the world cup the on the next one not this one i'll say she can't be back the next one not this one yeah. i got you actually uh piece of the week i have is uh zach Ertz related so that's a good uh good segue there i like that one john rom called him out huh uh-huh. yep <laughs> should be the beast of the week winning the masters then calling out zach Ertz, n- name dropping zach Ertz. On i the guess podium. the story was what before he teed off 10 minutes before he teed off zach Ertz texts him that that first green's looking pretty what was his word uh pretty easy or whatever he was saying and uh, i guess rom started the tournament by four putting yeah <laughs> so he told zach Ertz, don't ever text me that again now what <laughs> my follow-up question would be did you four putt because you were attacking the green like it was easy and it ended up being hard or did it influence you or right. how did it work? But all good. We'll make Zach Ertz slash John Rom uh, the beast of the week here. All right. Uh, anything else? Otherwise we'll uh, sign off here and uh, sick insights. Uh, we get your quickest stuff out there um, and uh, a lot of stuff going on this week, basketball, baseball, other sports, the golf, and NFL news too. So uh, thanks for watching. Please give us a subscribe on YouTube or uh, a a rating, five-star rating on the uh, podcast, Apple Podcasts, et cetera. And thanks for listening and watching.